Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. What was in the heart of God literally before Christ came back to this earth? What was in the heart of God? The Spirit of God was here on this earth. And I can just imagine the Father and the Son in heaven thinking about him coming to this earth. And what was on their heart? What was on their mind? Why would Christ want to come to this earth? Uh, We know that it mistreated him. We know that he did not receive the reception that he should have. He's the one, for heaven's sakes, that spoke the worlds into existence. He is the one, the creator. And the created was turning against the creator. And so what would compel him? What would make him? want to come to this earth and to receive the reception that he did. Well, first and foremost, he was concerned about people's salvation. They were lost. They were headed to an eternal darkness. And so Christ came to save the lost. And through his shed blood, we have remission of sins. Can you say amen? Thank God that we are born again. How many of you are glad you're born again today? And, uh, So he came because he wanted the lost to be saved. Number two, we talked about this on Pentecost Sunday. He wanted to see us not only saved, but he wanted to see us filled with the Holy Spirit. And on Acts chapter one, Acts chapter one, he told the disciples, he told the 500 that were gathered there on that day to go and wait and tarry in Jerusalem. And, uh, to be filled with, or they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Excuse Ah, water, God's drink. It costs you nothing. Some of you pay for it, a lot of money. Sometimes we do, God help. Anyway, agua. Right there. All right. Good for you. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Are we back on? Oh, yes. All right. So, um, talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had upwards of 200 people at all three services that weekend and at the campuses. Uh, I don't know. There may have been somebody baptizing the Spirit online. If you were, you need to let us know. But, oh, so many were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank God. What a wonderful experience. And let me encourage those of you that received the prayer language. I want to encourage you to be praying in the Spirit on an ongoing basis. Don't put that off. Don't lay that gift on a shelf. I mean, you need to be praying in the Spirit. And those of you that did not receive, I'm changing my vocabulary about this. I'm not really going to try to use the terminology seek for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. No, the scripture says ask and receive, all right? So you don't have to seek, 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 wait for a period of time. You don't have to get holy before you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit before 
before you walk out of this building. So though we may be talking about healing, you can get baptized in the spirit today. Say amen. All right. Then last week, Alice and I were not here. It was her birthday. We went off. And uh, I did something I seldom ever do. That is, I did not go, we did not go to church uh, last Sunday morning. Uh, we went to bedside assembly. That's where we went. Uh, and uh, I tried to sleep in, didn't sleep in too late. But uh, that's out of character. It's telling the guys this morning, we got married on a Friday night. We were in church on Sunday morning. And uh, that's just what we did. And last week, Pastor Johnny preached a great message on water baptism, on ordinance of the church, communion. Uh, I'm not sure that one's on the screen, but communion. And I didn't hear it Sunday morning, but I heard it Monday morning, early in the morning. And so when he was talking about, we look back at the cross, what happened on the cross at communion. We look forward to the return of Christ. We're in heaven. And then we look within. See, you've already forgotten that, but I hadn't, all right? So I'm just refreshing your mind from that great word. And then number four today, what was on the mind of Christ? What did Christ want to come and do in this earth? He wanted to come and bring divine healing to people's lives, all right? So it was God's plan to come to this earth and to heal the sick. Um, let's talk about that a little bit because original sin brought from Adam and Eve brought death. Now think about it. It brought death to them spiritually. They were going to live forever and uh, it, it brought eternal uh, death to their lives, their spirit. And then also their body. Uh, what happened to their body? The moment they sinned, immediately right then, their body began to die. It was not God's plan for mankind to die here on this earth. But the moment sin entered the body or was given out as a, an expression of a disobedience, sin started taking its toll on the body and it started dying. Now they still lived hundreds of years. Now we're down to the place we are where seldom people live over a hundred years of age. But all of this happened and emotionally, emotionally in their mind, the motions are typically we think made up of the mind, uh, the expressions of what we feel and uh, the will, but immediately also there was a separation in their emotions from God. What did they do? When God came as he normally did in the cool of the day to converse with them, what did they do? They ran and hid from God. And uh, before that, they were there to welcome God and to talk to God. And yet now everything has changed. Uh, their spirit is changed. It's dead to the things of God. Their emotions are dead. Now, emotionally, they feel guilty now. They try to even make themselves close. Uh, and so then also the physical body begins to die. So Christ looking at his children, looking at his creation, looks at us, he comes to restore the spirit to give us eternal life. Can you say amen? How many of you are appreciative of the fact you're born again? There are the campuses. Are you born again and thankful? Thank God. How many of you 
have ever been healed. Let me see your hand. They're online. Raise your hand, all right? And uh, thank God, uh, hundreds and hundreds of you here, and I know the same at the campuses and online and the atrium also. So then, not only did he come to bring eternal life to our spirit, he came to bring healing to our bodies, but not only to our physical body, he came to bring healing to our emotions. In uh, Luke chapter four, I think I have it on my phone. They, they probably have it on the screen, but let me read it to you. You know the story. He's preaching at his home church, and here is why he said he came. Now remember, when Christ walked this earth, he walked this earth as man. He was man, yet he was entirely God. But he chose to walk this earth as man. And so we read and hear these words, the spirit of the Lord, he said, is upon me. So the spirit of God had come upon Jesus because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Now, the poor could re reference uh, anyone who was lost or not born again. And so anybody that's not born again is poor in spirit or, or without uh, the presence of God in their life. But no doubt it also means that he came to preach to the poor, the financially poor. Later we read where the poor heard him gladly. And, um, but let me say this, uh, the poor still hears, uh, the word of the Lord gladly more so on average than, than the rich. All right. We understand that, but that doesn't mean we're not to try to reach the rich. They, they have a soul. He died for them too, but take advantage uh, of the fact that the poor hear him gladly. And that's why in a lot of countries, uh, we see, uh, uh Chris Michelson, just went, came back from a Middle East country. Over 100,000 people responded to the gospel. And uh, most of those people would be considered extremely poor. So he came to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce. He sent me, the Father, the Spirit has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives, there are people there listening that were captive to things in their life and recovery of sight to the blind. I'm gonna physically bring healing to people to set free. Now listen to this. He came to set free those who are oppressed. Uh, the enemy oppresses people and he can possess people but Jesus came to set people free from the bondage of hell and uh, from the bondage of oppression. He says, the downtrodden, I've come to set free the downtrodden, the bruised. How I many of you have ever been bruised by someone or something in your life? Crushed, those that have been crushed by tragedy. And so, as I read this verse, uh, I looked at it, or these verses, I looked at them differently, and it is this, uh, I, I saw more so than ever, yes, he came to preach the good news, eternal life, he came to heal bodies physically, but what an emphasis on the emotional aspect of our lives. 
And as we look out, as we counsel, as we experience interaction with people, we discover more of them have issues inside than even outside, all right? They've got daddy issues, they got mama issues, they got some boss issues, uh, they got spouse issues, uh, they got children issues. Uh, people have got issues, and it's usually interrelational issues. And so God wants to heal the bruises of your life, all right? And if your father wasn't perfect, he wants to heal your heart today, all right? Not on Father's Day, but today. He wants to heal your heart uh, and turn, your, uh, turn all of that stuff into joy and all of that stuff into praise. Uh, after all, thank God, he was your father, gave you birth. You're here as a result, and we thank God you are, all right? Let me read you a great verse. It's 3 John chapter 1 and 2. I'm going to read it in the New King James and then the King James. It says, beloved, beloved. Oh, I like that word. You are beloved, all right? I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Now, let me stop there because part of the curse of original sin, part of the curse was financial. It was uh, 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 a lack of blessings on their life. Now thorns are coming up in the field that field they're trying to plant. Uh, and uh, they labored and the labor became hard as a result of sin. So here is Paul saying, uh, I want you to prosper, he says, by the Spirit in all things, not just financially, but in all things. Now let me say, he comes and he preaches to the poor, but when he preaches to the poor, he doesn't want them to stay poor. Did you hear me? He does not want them to stay poor. Now, I'm not saying that in some uh, uh, hovel in Bangladesh or somewhere else uh, uh, that when somebody receives Christ, they're going to be driving a car in a year and a half. No, but I'm saying their needs are going to be met. Their attitude is going to be changed. Uh, they're going to be released from the bondage because now they have freedom inside. Uh, and so God wants you to prosper. He does not want you to fight every month about the bills. He does not want you to be under crushing debt. If you are, you need to read or see that Dave Ramsey course. We see in February and March. Uh, and if you're already back in debt, you need to see it again and repent at this altar, all right? So God doesn't want you. You don't have to have a car that costs $500 a month. I'm speaking to somebody, all right? Don't get under guilt. Deal with it, all right? Now, the King James Version. Beloved, I wish above all things. Oh, my goodness. This is important. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Let me tell you, people that are suffering emotionally, 
that can cause physical problems, all right? If you can't forgive somebody, you're liable to get something, all right? I'm just telling you, I'm warning you. Uh, get rid of the stuff inside, all right? Get freedom through healing from the stuff inside. I said, that Jesus already told you there's nothing he can't take care of, all right? So he can take care of that bruising, that oppression, that bondage, uh, that addiction, no matter what it is, that hurt, that pain, uh, that anger. He can take care of all of it. You can walk out of here and it's all left at this altar by the power of Almighty God. So that's what he wants in your life. The priority then with this scripture is get your soul to prospering. Get rid of the junk. Forgive who you need to forgive. That's everybody. Just get rid of that. I mean, you be quick to forgive. Somebody does something to you today, tomorrow, I forgive you in Jesus' name. I mean, you don't have to tell them, but you just voice it. You speak it. You're, you're not holding that over me. No, I'm forgiving you. And so somebody does, oh, I'm forgiving you. And uh, you want to do me wrong? I'm forgiving you. Don't worry about it. And so you just live that way in your life. Say amen. Okay. For your soul to prosper, what must you do? You yield your life to the Spirit. You live in harmony with God's Word. You live in harmony. You can impact your entire life by letting your soul prosper. And uh, you can impact your physical health. Uh, make it better by your soul prospering. So deal with those things in the mind. Deal with those things in the emotion and let healing flow in your life. All right. Well, on the cross, the Bible says Jesus took the curse. All right. The curse was uh, physical bondage or physical death. It was spiritual death. It was emotional death. He came to take care of all of this and he took the curse on that cross. Thank God. Now, let me ask you or presume some questions that I've heard many times through the years. Is it always God's will to heal? Is it always God's will to heal? Uh, I've met people that said, I, it's not always God's will to heal. I don't want them praying for me. All right, so I'm just telling you right now, if they don't think it's God's will for, to heal me, why should you pray for me? Well, I'm gonna pray for you, and if it's God's will, he'll heal you, and if he doesn't, you're gonna be sick. All right, so no, you go pray for somebody else or get your theology right. But there was a pastor, good man, I, I thought the world of him. He was in the city for a short time years ago, and someone told me from his church, they said, yes, he, he's a good preacher, but he doesn't believe in praying for the elderly. He thinks they should just go on to heaven. Now, that's easy for him to say, and he's in his 40s, all right? So I'm just telling you, he's going to change his tune, probably already has. Uh, and I thought to myself, boy, oh boy, once they hit 65, they're out of there. I mean, they're going somebody where, somewhere where somebody's going to pray for them. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, who does that? He meant well. I'm sure he thought it was a divine revelation. It wasn't. And so uh, you, you wait till he's 80 and he gets sick. He's going to want to say, somebody pray for me. All right. So I want to go to heaven one day, but not today. All right. So anyway, so does God always, is it always his will to heal? And the answer comes back a resounding yes. yes. 
That wasn't resounding. And the answer comes back a resounding yes. It is always God's will to heal. That is one of the reasons he came to this earth. Now, then you say, well, if it is, why isn't everyone healed, Pastor? I know you were going to ask that. And I asked it before you ask. All right, so why isn't everyone healed, Pastor? I don't know. Well, in one sense, everyone always is healed because for a Christian, how can we lose? If we're sick and, and we don't get over this sickness and we die as a result of this sickness, we're immediately healed and in the presence of God and seeing Jesus and heaven and the angels and Abraham and our cousins and having a big old part family reunion, hopefully. <laughs> and so... How can you lose? But I believe with all my heart, it's God's will to heal. No exception. I don't know why everybody doesn't get healed, but we need to be careful in these respects because, um, you know, we don't need to say things like, well, if you had faith, you could get healed. Well, if you had faith, then you could get them healed. All right. So uh, that's just the fact of the matter. Uh, some people don't uh, line up their life with what they should, all right? Uh, some people, well, let me just tell you, I've, you, you know I was sick back in 2000. I got an uh, autoimmune disorder that was very, very, very serious. Uh, another patient that had it at the same time died. That's how serious it was, all right? So here I am 21 years later. Bless God, I'm still here. And uh, thank God I give him all the praise. But it did impact me. It impacted my trachea. Friday, they went in, didn't find what they usually found. Uh, and when I went in, because I know God touched me on during the awakening, and, and so there was no uh, fibers in there for them to take out. And he gave Alice some explanation, but uh, I, uh, which wasn't true, but he didn't know any better. So anyway, uh, God's good. But it also eventually, because treatment didn't start right away. They uh, didn't know what it was. They were trying to prove it. It affected my kidneys. And they told me in the year 2002, I think it was, they said, you need to prepare for dialysis. It went in this ear and out this ear. All right. I didn't, I didn't even talk about it. I was like, that's silly. I'm not doing that. And uh, I believe God, but I did pray for my kidneys. There was an evangelist at our church. He said, did anybody need a healing? And uh, nobody responded. I raised my hand. I'm on the platform. He said, oh, pastor, what's wrong? I said, pray for my kidneys. All right. That was like 2003. All right. But so I prayed for them. Others prayed for them, for my kidneys for almost 17 years. Uh, and uh, they kept working. I didn't go on dialysis, but eventually I did for a year and a half. I didn't gripe, groan. I just hooked up. You know, what choice do you have? And God saw me through that period. I, the first night I was on dialysis, I did the overnight, hooked up, went to sleep. Never woke up the whole night, got up the next morning, unhooked it, went to work. I was like, thank you, Jesus. That didn't happen every night, but the first night it did, all right? But I kept praying. I didn't get healed totally, eventually. But then somebody, my niece, uh, Michelle, offered to donate me a kidney. That's a big deal. And uh, finally, Alice and I prayed and prayed. And the closer it got to the transplant date, more and more we were praying. Other people came over, they were praying. And finally, I said, Alice, at some point, 
We got to stop praying God to heal me. And we got to start praising him for providing a kidney. And as a result, as a result of that whole experience, I have met so many people that had kidney problems. I'm able to minister to people more effectively than I ever could have before. I could not even identify. But I have people at times calling, wanting to talk to me about what they're about to go through and experience and are going through. So God is using that as a way to minister. I wouldn't have chosen that way. But anyway, uh, God's using it anyway. And you don't always get healed immediately. But think about it. I had like 17 years where I wasn't doing what they said I was going to do. So give God the glory in your life. Give him the glory before your healing and after your healing. Don't put it off before your healing and after your healing. Maybe before your healing is more important than after. I mean, just as important, I should say, as afterwards. Well, should we confess we are healed when we see no evidence that we are? Should we confess? Absolutely. Now, we don't lie. I mean, you know, I, I could say, you know, I need prayer for my kidneys, but I'm believing God. God's going to touch me. God is touching me. I, I may, you may be sick, but God, you always add, but God, all right? Don't ever forget whatever you're going through. Add, but God, but God came to this earth uh, to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to heal the blinded eyes, uh, to preach the gospel to the, to the poor and the lost. Uh, and so you say always, but God. Don't ever, ever get mad at God when you're sick. No, don't get mad at him. Find a time in your life where God did something special to you and for you. Maybe it was a time when he did heal you and relate back or sing a song that means something to you in an hour of, of going through something. So always add, but God, say amen, all right, thank God. See, praising God in difficulties is one of the highest forms of faith. I said, praising God right now this morning in this service with this great music and worship, it's easy when you're feeling good to lift your hand. Oh, God, this is good, this is good. But when you're laying there in pain, oh God, where are you? Bring the choir over, Lord, and let them sing a song. Bring Pastor John over where he can sing over me. No, lift your hands and worship God. That's when it's difficult. That's when it's a sign of great faith in your life. Well, why are some not healed? Because some immediately accept the diagnosis. I've, I've seen people, thank God, few, but I've seen people, one person, a woman that got cancer, and, and she just accepted it. It was just so quickly. She just didn't, she didn't turn to God and say, God's going to heal me. It was just, I've got it. I'm going to pass away. I'm going to make everything right that I can. And uh, it happened so quickly. Uh, another person years ago was in the hospital. and She was dying of a terminal sickness. And, and her daughter was there. And she said to me, she said, well, pastor, she's been saying she was going to get this for years. And when I heard that, she said, what? 
She had for years been confessing she was gonna get that sickness, and here she is. You're not gonna hear me say that kind of thing. Bless God, no, 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 no. We're gonna confess God is good. God loves us. God is gonna heal me. God's gonna touch my body, yes. Some stop praising and Number three, some are not healed simply because we don't know. It's not known to us. And some have sin in their life and maybe they're not healed as a result. I know people that have had sin, have gotten healed, and God has healed the the sinner. I've seen that as well as the believer. Uh, But God's a merciful God. And so sometimes, uh, let me just say this, sometimes people don't get healed because they don't change things they should change. When I got sick, I asked God, we were leaving the Gainesville Hospital and we were driving out. Alice was driving. You know I had to be sick. And uh, if, not because she's a bad driver, because I'm the driver, okay? I'm just telling you. These couples, uh, the woman always, I don't understand that. I just really don't understand. I, I guess I grew up different. I drive the car, all right? So anyway, one time I had this procedure in Tampa and they said, don't drive. You got somebody here to drive? And I said, yes, I meant me. All right, so anyway, I drove to Miami after the operation. And so, you know, I'm a grown man. I can do what I want. So anyway, um, I was fully in charge of my facility, faculties, all right? Facilities and faculties, all right? So anyway, okay, let's get to this story. And I'm gonna close with this. So don't go anywhere, all right? You don't have anywhere more important to be right now, all right? So let's talk in closing quickly about the 10 lepers. And we all know the story. Uh, Jesus was passing through. Uh, We're not gonna put the scripture up here, guys. Jesus was passing through Samaria. That's the people, the Samaritans that the Jews really despised. They were part Jew and part Gentile. Gentile is just anybody that's not a Jew, all right? So they were part Jew and heathen as far as the Jews were concerned. And 10 lepers approached Christ. And he told them as they cried out, have mercy on us. Now, here's what they said. They didn't say heal us. They said have mercy on us. I I don't know if they were believing for their healing. I don't even know if that's what they were asked. They asked for mercy. But the first lesson that we're gonna learn out of this story, and I assume most of you already know it, is this. Divine healing is grounded in divine mercy. Divine healing is grounded in divine mercy rather than human merit because sinners can get, have been healed by God. Uh, some are not healed. I don't understand that. There may be reasons. I mean, it may be disobedience. I, I'm, getting, I'm going too fast this morning and I'm forgetting parts of stories that I started. But when I got sick, I had stress. I said, God, when Alice was driving, back to the story, uh, when, when I, she was driving, I said, God, what brought this on? What caused this? And God said, Carl, you're, he calls me by my first name. He doesn't call me Pastor Carl. But anyway, he, he said, Carl, too much stress. Too much stress. You're under too much stress. You're not, 
you're not dealing, you're not casting all this on me. Too much stress. And that stress brought sickness on my life. Stress is an emotional thing. It's an emotional sickness, which then brought physical sickness to my body. Others of you, we're going to come back to mercy in a minute, but others people, they don't get well because they eat terrible and they eat wrong things. And um, people, you know, I had a man that got diabetes and he totally, completely changed his diet. I, I, I'm always amazed at anybody with that kind of discipline. Totally, completely changed his diet. And at that point, he started getting better. He still had to take a little bit, but he changed things by his diet. A pastor sat down with me at lunch one day and he says, man, he said, I, I've had open heart surgery. And um, he sat there at lunch and he said, I'm just having a salad. I'm totally changing the way I eat. I don't remember if I had a salad that day or not, but I was prompted because I didn't want to eat something bad in front of him. But we should, we should make sure that if that's the cause of what we're going through, that we change. And I know it can be horribly hard, but it's possible. You can do anything with God's help. Now, and because of God's mercy, we're back to this, all right? So because of God's mercy. So they cried out to Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us in verse 13. Mercy is the goodness of God in operation. Mercy, unmerited, not undeserving, but the mercy of God. And God told them, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now it's interesting because nine of them were Jews apparently. And, he, and they left. And when they left him, they were not healed. But the Bible says on the way, on the way. So the second lesson, I'm going to give it to you quickly. When the Lord heals, the result is not always immediate. Some of you are going to get healed this morning in this altar area instantaneously. Others of you are not going to experience a, a, a physical healing. You're not going to sense anything, but you're going to walk out of this door saying, just like these guys, you're going to walk out of this door saying, Lord, I praise you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to thank you for my healing. I thank you that I was prayed for. I believed for. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm just going to keep on walking and you are going to keep on moving until I see the manifestation of this healing in my life. So keep on walking. When you walk out of this building, don't you dare say, oh, nothing happened. These, these lepers didn't say, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. No, they're looking, they're looking. And finally they see something has happened. And nine of them went on to the priest. The one turns around and he comes back. Wow. The third lesson is ingratitude on man's part grieves God and robs the life, robs the life of greater blessing. Are you still with us in Michigan and Redbug and online? Ingratitude robs a man of greater blessing. Wow. And Jesus said, were there not any found that who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Many times the, the least expected are the ones that have the most gratitude in their hearts. And this foreigner, the implication being in Samaria, he was a Samaritan despised by the Jews. He couldn't go on to the priest anyway. 
The priest would have had nothing to do with him, but the others went and he came back. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, I don't know what these other nine were thinking when they walked and saw they were healed. I don't know what you're gonna think. Maybe they were thinking, I can't wait to get home and see my family. This is just incredible. I'm gonna quickly get to the priest, get it confirmed. I'm out of here, I'm going back to work. I don't know what they were thinking, but this one foreigner, I know what he was thinking. I'm going back. I'm going back and I'm gonna praise and worship and glorify this one who just brought this change to my life. I'm going back and I'm gonna worship. Now it's interesting, I'm gonna give it to you quickly. It's interesting. The Bible says the other nine were cleansed of leprosy. This man who came back to glorify God was made whole. I want you to be made whole. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.